Welcome back to the Gotham Geeks podcast, the best destination for all things Batman, DC, and more. I'm your host, Jaden. Not joining with me this week is Ike. So in his place, we have uh, Michael McKay. So by the title of this, you can probably assume what we're going to talk about. Um, just a quick recap of everything that we always do at the beginning of this. You can follow us on social media at Geeks Gotham on Instagram and Twitter. Also now TikTok. We just made a TikTok this week. Um, yeah, I have no idea what we'll post on it. So you can let us know that if you would like, you can also follow us on YouTube or Spotify at the Gotham Geeks podcast. Apologies for the YouTube side of things. We just have our second episode out now. It's been pretty rough trying to figure out the way we're going to do that. So hopefully as the weeks go on, we will progress in that. But yeah, as we stated last week, Ike is in Florida. He, I believe is on his way back right now. So he hasn't seen the Batman. We're obviously going to be talking about the Batman. But Michael here has seen it with me. We got to see it on Thursday. So before we get into the Batman, I think that's everything out of the way. Uh, a little bit about yourself. Um, what? Let, let, let's start off with this question. What um, are like your go-to movies? Or like how? What do movies in in some shape or form mean to you? I guess. I don't know. Um, usually, the most things that I rewatch are Lord of the Rings. Lord of the Rings, Star Wars, just things that are rewatchable time mm-hmm. after time. A lot of times with the John Wick series as well, uh, the second and third one especially. Oh, yeah. Those ones are pretty rewatchable. Um, you know, the story and the plot for those isn't as great, but there's just something about the continuous nonstop action that draws you in. I guess they're enjoyable movies. Maybe not the best, you know, like I said, plot-wise, but they're yeah. enjoyable to watch. But uh, I don't know. I don't watch a lot of movies um but i watch a lot of mediocre movies so there's a lot of things i don't rewatch. but yeah like i said lord of the rings the hobbit you know some marvel movies those are go-tos to rewatch. oh yeah when you got nothing else to go to yeah we uh we haven't discussed this here live yet but when the lord of the rings show is airing we are planning on doing a rewatch. so maybe we'll get michael in on it you maybe, maybe hop in those episodes oh, that could be fun We'll have to see what it is. I think we'll all have very different opinions on some of them. I, well, I think it's very mutual to say that people love The Lord of the Rings. But I know The Hobbit is polarizing. And, you know, just from talking to Ike briefly, I think we have different opinions on those. But, you know, the show's coming out. What is it? September? September 2nd, I believe. Yeah. So hopefully in the next few months we'll start going over those. Maybe Michael will join us and maybe we'll have some other people on there too because it would be nice to have more. But, uh, Yeah. He just stated a second ago he likes Star Wars. We haven't talked Star Wars on here. So because Ike isn't really into it, we'll talk over a few things. So what were your thoughts on The Book of Boba Fett? Uh, Painfully mediocre. Um, So much wasted potential. Uh, Like I was saying earlier, the way they tried to assert Boba Fett to a position uh, as a crime lord leader, like uh, something like Dryden Voss or... Darth Maul from the Clone Wars. Uh, they just did it so poorly. Uh, and the Clone Wars, I mean, you really saw, I mean, through all of season five, you saw Darth Maul, you know, assert his way to the top by killing, by being just completely ruthless. I mean, he killed Pre Vizsla. I don't know if any of you have seen that. But, I mean, if you watch season five of the Clone Wars, the way Darth Maul asserted himself to the top of Mandalore and the crime syndicates, 
is by sheer brute force and intimidation. Him and his brother, Savage Press, they just, I mean, basically they killed anyone in their path. Oh, yeah. Boba, on the other hand, just sat in a chair and uh, tried to be friends with people. I mean, he didn't mm -hmm. do anything intimidating. He had no way for people to try and respect him. That's what he was always talking about was getting respect, having people respect him. He didn't want to rule by fear. That's probably the best way to do it if you're going to mm -hmm. be a crime lord. Uh, so that was just terrible. Um, obviously, a lot of us think episode four was probably the best one, and it didn't have Bofa in it. Five. Um, you were close. Oh, yeah. Four and, well, it was four and five. Uh, five. Five and six, right? Because they went seven, I believe. Oh, yeah. It's okay. Five yep. and six. Yeah. I got lost in the numbers because I they're know, not they're not worthy they're not worthy <laughs> to, think really about, yeah. to remember yeah. like uh, the Mandalorian or anything else was but yeah painfully mediocre um I guess like I said the best best episode was episode five didn't have Boba Fett in it um, everything else was just forgettable like I don't yeah. remember the plot of a lot of them yeah I I have to agree I think I messaged you actually because I saw the finale before you and I said I really liked it and I, I I still stand by that but I but I think the problem with that show um which hopefully we don't talk about in a minute because I'll bring up another thing that we both have a love for. But um, uh, nothing felt very earned. I don't know your opinion on this, but I, I actually think that there isn't a bad episode in the show. But as a whole story in general, it just it doesn't work. No. Like every episode, I can find something in it that yeah. I enjoy. But when it's all said and done, the only things I keep thinking about is episode five and episode six yeah and that's like i said episode six has boba in it for maybe 30 seconds and he just stands there yep i mean i think actually i, I actually stayed up till 301 to watch boba fett yeah when it came out that night so i was pumped for the season finale i thought it was going to be you know great i mean i saw it was an hour long I'm like man they're gonna wrap up things it's gonna be you know it's gonna be crazy and it just it wasn't yeah they're running around the city you know in a linear path from these droids and then he decided to go get the Rancor, which was cool, obviously, but didn't feel learned. We didn't no, have like, enough time. We didn't. We saw the Rancor one episode before for a little bit with Danny Trejo, and other than that, you know, that's all we saw about the Rancor. And then it comes out, and Boba's conquered it, and it's like, how? I mean, what did you do to, you know, like he said, earn earn this beast? Yeah. Um, yeah, it's just such a letdown. Yeah, I think we're both a little letdown. Um, I don't know what I'd rate it out of one to ten. I'd say it's okay at best. Now, if we want to say episode five and six, I want to say that some of the best Star Wars we've ever seen. But again, that's just my opinion. What What were your final? I guess one word to describe the season. Uh, like I said, mediocre. Yeah. I mean, as people on the internet would say, mid. That's just yeah. the best way to describe it. Um, when you take some of the good things, I mean, like I said, there's enough good things that it's not bad. Um, but it's just there's just nothing special about it. Yeah. Um, it just it didn't feel like – I mean, there were definitely the, the, some really cool parts, like when he was escaping the Sarlacc. Mm -hmm. um, that was cool. I mean, that was when you were seeing a you know, a, a mean and, and charged Boba Fett, like clawing for survival. Um, when he was with the Tuscans, some of that was cool. But just overall, as a whole, just yeah, such a letdown. Oh, yeah. Um, let's see. Another thing, though, because um, I asked you this before, and it doesn't have to be just movies, but what are, let's say, five pieces of media – um, I guess show, movie, if you want to say book, but you know, I don't think either of us read as much as we should. But um, what are like some shows or movies that you're looking forward to this year, and even some next year, I guess, because we've had a lot of things get pushed back. So uh, definitely, number one was going to be John Wick Four. I don't know if it was called Blackout. That's what I heard the rumored title was. Uh, that's a real big bummer. That like got pushed to next year, which is, I mean, honestly, it was pushed back last year. I mean, it's, yeah. it's ludicrous. Um, that's a big letdown, but. 
that's something I'm definitely looking forward to just because I love the other ones so much. Um, the Gray Man, I don't know a whole lot about it, uh, but it has Ryan Gosling in it. Uh, it's coming to Netflix. That should be pretty cool. The Adam Project definitely looks pretty cool. Um, season four of You, I believe, comes out at the end of this year. Um, and then The Boys, season three. Mm. Uh, hoping that doesn't get pushed back, but that it's probably the most anticipated media oh, uh, yeah. from this year. Did you mention Kenobi? I did not mention Kenobi. Yeah. That's definitely one that slipped my mind, but oh, that's, yeah. that's probably number one. Yeah. I mean, that's been in production since, what, 2017, 2018? I think even before. I'm pretty sure during the merger there were rumors of okay. a show. Or, yeah. you remember, it was supposed to be a movie, I think. Oh, it was supposed to be like a yeah, like a two-hour movie, and they just had to make it a show because yeah. that's when all the shows started coming about, and that started to yeah. get popular, Yeah, which is, I think it's a good route to take it, uh, six one-hour episodes versus a oh, yeah. two-hour movie. No, it's absolutely. definitely a better way. Yeah, maybe uh, – Maybe when that show comes out, we could do bi-weekly or something and kind of just go over that. Because I, I expect that movie – or sorry, that, not that movie. That show to be almost perfect. Um, just the director that they got. Obviously, the cast is – oh, boy, it's going to be incredible. But, yeah. Yeah, the cast of that looks phenomenal. Obviously, Ewan McGregor is – he is Kenobi. I mean, there's oh, yeah. really – other than um, the voice actor from uh, The Clone Wars, he was obviously really good, but – Ewan McGregor just portrays it so well. Um, the mannerisms, the characteristics, like he just copies everything down to a T. Uh, so that should be probably the best Star Wars media we've seen since maybe Revenge of the Sith. I know the season two finale of The Mandalorian was really good too, but I think it might just be better than that yeah. in one episode. But we will see. Oh, absolutely. Only time will tell. That comes out May 25th. So, wow, a little under three months. That's crazy. I'm excited, though. I'm very excited for that. But let's get into what we were really going to talk about today. Um, I just want to preface before we get into anything, we are going to try our absolute best to keep this spoiler free. Um, When you're hearing this, it should be out Sunday. We're recording this on a Saturday. So, again, I highly encourage you all to go see this movie before you either listen to whatever our next episode will be. So go out and watch The Batman. But – um. Before you headed into this movie, like, what were your, uh, uh, I guess, original thoughts about this movie? Um, I didn't really have a whole lot of thoughts, you know, for the first several months that I heard about. It. I saw the cast. I thought, I think we all thought Robert Pattinson wasn't going to be a good Batman. Mm-hmm. I think we all thought of the the dweeb from Twilight. Yeah. Uh, we were all, I mean, at least I was. I was skeptical, um, definitely. Um, Andy Serkis, we saw that as Alfred. You know, I wasn't really sure about that either like i said i was still skeptical i was skeptical about all of it oh yeah um but then after seeing the posters and just how dark and almost foreboding they uh they all appeared and then the trailers you know, it was definitely it definitely hyped me up it was probably the most one of the most hyped pieces um from this year i mean it's still early in the year obviously mm-hmm. but it's definitely one of the things i was most excited for um and really to see if it was better than the dark knight you know to, i was wondering if it was going to be better than those movies, which are obviously incredible. Um, but also to see how it compared to all the Marvel films, Marvel and MCU. Mm-hmm. Um, but like I said, I was definitely skeptical when I first went into it. But, uh, well, we can talk about that in a minute. Oh, yeah. No, as I said a couple of episodes ago, I was very much in the same boat that Michael was in. I, I, I believe Ike was too. Um, yeah, I, I, I don't really know what else there is to say. Obviously, you know I put this as number one for my – most anticipated movies of the year in my opinion it surpassed my expectations but we'll i think we'll end this by talking about kind of what we would give it a rating and what we would i guess rank it next to when it comes to 
maybe not even just superhero movies in general, but movies um, as a whole. But yeah, um, so we got to see this premiere night. Uh, should we tell them what happened before we get into it with our uh, key situation? Uh, you can elucidate if you'd like. Yeah, <laughs> so I can't remember, was it... Was when we were getting our tickets, right? Yeah. Is when I dropped it. And I think you pulled out your wallet. Yeah. Whatever. So we went to see this with, I believe there were seven of us. Um, yeah. Michael did not know any of them, so he certainly got to know some of them. <laughs> yeah. They were a little loud. But um, I had never been to a PG-13 movie that you had to be 16 or older. Or if you were 16 or under, you had to be with a, a guardian. And, you know, Michael and I are both over 18, so obviously we were able to vouch for him. But um, apparently I dropped the car keys as I was taking my wallet out. So... Obviously, we go into the movie, we watch it. Towards the end, I'm, I realize, oh, shoot, I don't have my keys. Um, so, yeah, I we were probably, what would you say, 30 minutes at the theater? Maybe a little less than that. Oh, yeah, 25, 30 minutes. Yeah. Looking for those keys. Having to check. We went out to the car. Didn't see him. I think, you know, I went in with one of the security guards. We took all the chairs out, and he was trying to find him in there. Eventually, we found him, the guy at the uh, check-in. He apparently saw us drop up, so he got him. So that was all good. But, um theater experience um i don't really know what i would put this up to um i don't want to say there were no and we can we can talk more about this when we get to plot there's nothing about this movie that is like no way home or anything like that you're not the crowd reaction isn't going to be let's all jump up like our favorite team won the super bowl or something like that mm -hmm. but i think that the movie and you know we didn't talk to anybody else and i i kind of regret Sometimes when I go see movies, I like to talk to other people in the audience to see what they thought. Um, but it seemed like a good vibe when we all walked out of the theater. I, I, I think everyone had a great time. So, uh, oh man, okay, it's going to be really hard not to talk spoilers for the yeah, first part. Um, I'm going to try to avoid that as best as possible. Yeah. But, but yeah. let's take it with the opening few scenes. Um, what were your thoughts on the opening? Like the way it felt... Um, just everything about the opening. What what were your general thoughts? Uh, it was, I guess you could put it as the word epic. I don't know the the way they portrayed all the other scenes um, with the common criminals doing their deeds around the city at night, and then seeing the bat signal in the sky, um, and the way you know his voiceover and uh, you know how that went, um, and seeing them all uh, filled with terror. I guess. Just at the thought of it, no, it was this. It was such a different Batman than what we've seen mm. in the past. Um, he was more of a. He was, you know, he's not as like big and flashy as all the other ones. Obviously, this is like towards the beginning of his um, year I guess, two, I believe. Yeah, his Batman career, but uh, you know, compared to Christian Bale's Batman or Ben Affleck, um, much more dark. And I think that kind of fits with his character, like from Twilight. He's a little bit more. I don't know. You want to say goth, but just a yeah. little bit darker. Um, definitely more foreboding. And uh, just seeing the fear that was when all the uh, the characters or the, all the criminals in the beginning of the scene, just thinking of the Batman um, coming after him, and then the scene on the uh, the subway. Like I said, don't spoil too much. But. Yeah, we'll. I'll, I'll I'll say this too. Um, everything that he said or that I'll say, we'll try to keep it to trailers. So everything that he's just brought up are in the trailers. So yeah, if you haven't seen the trailers, I'm sorry. We're sort of getting into that, but we won't give any major details away. Yeah. So like. And, you know, in that fight scene and everything, um, just the way he, I guess, put the fear of God into all these these people. And a lot of them, not by even doing anything. I mean, he, they just saw the symbol and they knew his reputation. You know, I think 
the opening scene did a really good job of um, foreshadowing the entire rest mm. of the movie and how he would be, uh, how he would act throughout the entire movie. Yeah. Did a really good job of that. Oh, absolutely. I I, I think the thing that I, I took away, and I I said this before, and um, I don't want to say that this is just like you know we just got out of seeing this movie a few days ago. We're all still thinking about it, so it's really heavy on our minds. So I don't want to just say that this is a uh, dude. I don't even know the word I'm looking for. Uh, I guess just recency biased, but the opening 20 minutes for me, I think maybe one of the greatest hooks to a movie that we've ever seen in the superhero genre. Cause you know, as he said, um, I don't think we've ever seen Batman as such a menace mm -hmm. without actually doing, doing anything, yeah, doing yeah. anything, just the fear of the symbol and, um, Gotham as a city in general, it, it's so lived in, in a way that it's never been lived in before. Um, I, I don't know what your opinion is on like, um, the, um, the Christopher Nolan movies, but my take on those for Gotham, it's always, it always feels like a New York mm -hmm. or a uh, Chicago. And I, I understand it's trying to be realistic, but this version of Gotham, it just feels like Gotham. Oh yeah. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. It definitely feels very, uh, realistic. I mean, oh, yeah. not realistic in the sense that it would be like a New York or Chicago, yeah. but it seems realistic to the source material of how it was portrayed in the yeah. comics and, you know, stuff like that. Like just, you know, the crime and the, the police force and everything just, it made it feel extremely authentic. Oh yeah. It's, I mean, it's a hellhole. There's no other way to put it. You <laughs> yeah. Know, every, every scene in the city. Well, I said, that's the stupidest thing I may have said on this podcast. The whole thing takes place in Gotham, but like, it's just horrifying. I mean, the place is not a place you would want to live. And mm -hmm. I think they did a really good job of capturing that. Um, you know, obviously the movie goes on and we can talk about a couple scenes here and there, but it's a three hour long movie. Um, when the credits rolled to you, did it feel like three hours had gone by? Uh, I felt like two hours, maybe. I feel like mm. there definitely could have been another hour and I wouldn't even, it yeah. wouldn't have even minded it. Um, it definitely, it definitely flew by. It wasn't like one of those longer movies that just drags on. Like I know the Lord of the Rings, those are all three hours. And if you go to the extended, uh, extended cuts to like four hours, yeah, those didn't drag on. Um, this was a lot, you know, this was really similar to that for me. Like it mm -hmm. just, it was enjoyable all the way through. Um, definitely not as much action as like, you know, a standard MCU movie, but you know, they don't always need to be oh, action filled. Yeah. So I think that actually helped this movie stand out. Um, I, I've talked to somebody in particular, um, same name as you actually, Michael, um, who his, one of his takeaways was there's not enough action. There's not enough fights. And look to each his own, I guess, but you know, this movie in particular, and we're about to get into the characters in a minute, but this is the most detective work we've ever seen in a Batman movie. Obviously, not to the extent I like the comics, but I don't know if you've ever seen Batman the Animated Series, the 90s show. Oh, yeah, I did. But I watched those a while ago. Yeah, this is like the closest I think we've ever got to Batman being the true detective because legitimately over anything, he is a detective. And it kind of blows my mind that we haven't seen that before to this level. Um, but yeah, there are... There are several action scenes, but I think there, I mean, you know, there's maybe 30 minutes of time in between each of them. Oh, yeah, and I think definitely. that that works. Um, I agree with what he said about length. I think to me, again, it felt like by, by the time the credits rolled, it felt like, ah, oh, I could have had another hour or mm -hmm. so. Definitely. And I've seen some criticisms of people saying that it felt like it dragged on. And, you know, I, I could see where people think that, but I, 
this movie more than any movie I think I've seen in a long time. Every scene was very intentional. Mm-hmm. Um, there wasn't like any unnecessary filler. Yeah, it the there I don't man. I'm going to see this again soon, and I believe that you're probably going to go see uh, it again yeah, soon. Yeah. So maybe upon rewatch, we'll see some problems. But after just the one time, there are very few plot holes. Every scene was so intentional and built off the scene before it and built to the scene after it that, you know, I don't want to say this is a perfect plot, but in a lot of ways, I think that it is. It uh, it had a problem at the beginning of the movie, and it it solved it to an extent at the mm-hmm. end. Like, it, it went through, it followed through, you know, the middle – you know where they were in a slump you know it went through the end where they were going to solve this problem yep and you know kind of they didn't um like i said don't not gonna spoil it or whatever but um definitely from beginning to end there was no like unnecessary filler mm-hmm. like that just was like why is this here you yeah know, what is the point of this scene in the movie it was all very deliberate mm-hmm. um and very important to the overall plot yeah if if you've, for those of you who've watched the Snyder Cut, you've seen it, right? Yeah. Um, it, yeah. I've only seen it once all the way through myself. I'm, you know, watching it part by part. But as much as I, I I've, I've put myself in the category of a super fan of that movie. Um, it's four hours and I think two minutes. But let's be honest, you could probably remove an hour and a half of that. Oh, definitely. Uh, especially, you know, from the slow motion alone. Oh, yeah. Of all the characters jumping up and, you know, in a swinging sword motion to cut yeah. somebody's arm off or something like that like just the slow motion of that alone is probably half an hour oh yeah and it's just completely unnecessary and that's that's the thing i think with matt reeves that is i think was so good about this movie and i don't know if you've seen the plan of the a movies uh the first one yeah dawn and war the two that he did so those are the two most recent and those are some of my favorites of sequels maybe ever but there was not a scene in here that i could think of okay we could cut that like it was so intentional and again, I'm not trying to throw Zack Snyder under the bus or any other director, but you know, with a lot of superhero movies nowadays, I feel like you could eliminate a lot of time. Uh, yeah, definitely. This, again, was three hours long, and they used every minute of that to make a perfect film. Um, moving on from that, though, um, what were your thoughts of the Batman's theme in general? Uh, probably one of the coldest themes I've ever heard. Mm-hmm. Um, maybe not the best. Like, I mean, there's a lot of great themes out there. But it's just one of the most foreboding. Like mm-hmm. it just, it, uh, I just put in such terror of what he was capable of, even just yeah. through, you know, a few music notes. Um, I think it was kind of similar to Vader's theme. That's almost. exactly what I was about to say. Yeah. And uh, I think that's also what makes it so cool. Not that they copied it or anything, but Vader's theme is probably the most iconic theme in all of movies. I mean, in mm-hmm. just out of anything, movies, TV shows. Um, and maybe they sampled it, maybe they didn't, but. Just the way it sounds similar to that is just also what makes it even cooler. Um, I think it's probably the best theme. I don't. I can't think of a better theme they could have really come up with for him. It just fit perfectly to the style and tone of the movie. Oh, yeah. Um, I don't know. I think it was just. I think it was fantastic. Yeah. I think his theme in general does the best representation of fear that he has. Um, again, this is sort. This is in the trailer. If you've seen the trailer, there is a. I want to say one of my favorite car chases ever oh, yeah, between definitely. the penguin and the Batman and just, you know, the penguin is supposed to be this menacing mob boss and all this stuff. But, you know, even the fear that he had mm-hmm. knowing that the Batman was chasing him the whole time. And again, if you've seen the trailer, you know that a tanker truck blows up and I can't remember the line in particular. I think it's, I got you or something like that. Yeah. I mean, he legitimately thinks he's gone, but the second he sees 
the Batmobile, it's like an oh crap moment. Yeah. yeah. And the, you know, the music just adds to that mm-hmm. every single time. Yeah, they might have uh, played it maybe a little bit too much. Mm. Oh, like, yeah, they I definitely They kind of added it to every, like, intense moment of the movie, which mm-hmm. there were a lot of those. Um, I don't think – it was such a good theme that you don't really complain. Yeah. They definitely could have maybe removed it from a few spots here and there. But other than that, I mean, it's probably, yeah, A-plus still. Oh, yeah. I, I, I agree with what you said about – I don't know if it's, like, to the level of certain themes. But when we're talking Batman themes in general, I think it may be the best – Oh, the best Batman theme, yeah. I think, by far. Um, the other one I think is really good is the Batman animated series, but that's a little campy and yeah, it's, it's kind of silly. It's almost slapsticky. Like, if, yeah. that, if you put that in this movie, it would be absurd. Yeah, <laughs> but, and you can tell a lot of these themes are of their time. But yeah, definitely. But, um, oh, I, I was going to say I'm going to play this, but we're not allowed to play copyrighted music. But if, but I, I encourage you to look up Ben Affleck's um, theme. It's also really dark, and it's it's kind of. Um, I don't know the word that I'm looking for, but it's it's very abrupt, you know, just beats after beat after beat. And, it, and it's pretty good too, but um, you don't sense much fear in it. And, I, you know, I think Christian Bale, before seeing this movie, I'd say it is the best job of being a terror to not only the criminals, but even the people that he works with, as we'll get into when we talk a little bit about um, Commissioner Gordon and the police in general. But I think that this theme is just phenomenal it shows who batman is but it also has such a sense of terror mm-hmm. when it comes to the theme yeah definitely and with the, the ben affleck batman uh ben affleck's batman just didn't have the same uh, he seemed like more of a businessman like he was more of a bruce like a more of a bruce wayne type of character mm-hmm. like obviously they're both the, the same people but yeah he didn't seem like the same kind of you know i know that's also later in his batman career or whatever but uh he just doesn't if you put that theme to um, ben Affleck, it just wouldn't feel the yeah, same. Just don't work. Uh, Pattinson's Batman just—it was so much more dark that it ju- it just fit. Um, and I don't know, that's that's all I got to it. But it definitely just—it was almost perfect in my opinion. All right. So, what were your thoughts on the cinematography when it comes to this film? Uh, it was it was unique. Um, all of this movie, it really almost you know primarily it just took place at night and in the morning. There really were no daytime scenes where you get you know good lighting of the city. Everything was either at night or almost night or maybe early morning um, when they were in the bat uh, or the the Wayne Tower. Yeah, um, it was definitely good. Um, I don't think it'd be to a level say of Blade Runner twenty forty nine or something like that. And I know you've seen Dune, so I don't know. I haven't seen that yet, so I don't know Not how to it compares level, to yeah. that cinematography level, but. You know, compared to say Blade Runner twenty forty nine, which I think is some of the best cinematography I've ever seen in the movie. Oh yeah, just the the colors and you know the just overall you know beauty of it. It doesn't compare to that. Um, it definitely is good though. I mean, there's really not much you can take wrong about it. It takes the situation and um uh, the situation that they're in, and it uses it to the best of its ability. Like yeah. they're at night, you know, it, it captures Gotham in a nighttime you know scenario or a nighttime. Uh, I don't know, aura. Um, yeah. You know, it captures the grunginess and there's just, you know, like the rats and, you know, the, the thug life of the city at night, mm-hmm. um, which I, don't know, I think it, just, it captures, I'm trying to think of the word, it captures just the the feel of Gotham um, to the best of its ability. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think, I think it's, I think it's definitely good. It definitely fits the movie. I um, mean, really couldn't ask for anything more when it comes to this type of movie. Um, cause it's not expansive. It just all takes place in Gotham. So really you can't have different shots of 
different planets or yeah. skylines or anything like that. It's all in one spot. So um, on that note, it's definitely, definitely really good. Oh, yeah. Um, I think to add on to that, too, and this is I'm, this, this I'm thinking more visual effects, but I didn't even bring this up. There is I don't think there's a single frame in this entire movie that I, I think, oh, that's CG. Like, oh, yeah, it looks legit. Uh, I know some people might think the, the, the car chase scene where he's jumping through the flaming tanker. Yeah. Uh, it's CG, but they, yeah, that's that's all practical yeah. too. They had a flaming ramp with a truck, and they had somebody drive through it. Uh, yeah. Obviously, I don't think it was Robert Pattinson, but it was you know somebody driving through there, and uh, and that was real too. Like I don't, nothing looked fake. Like you know, sometimes you can definitely tell. Like in certain movies, this is just this is terrible, mm-hmm. even for their time. But this being in the year that it is, and you know, the technology available, you really couldn't tell if there was anything that was CG. Yeah. Like everything was just phenomenal. Yeah. Um, before I get into what I'm going to ask him you in a second, um, just another thing to add on. If, if you've seen any of the posters or anything, you know, red is a very predominant color. Mm-hmm. They, they, the use of red in this film is used almost to perfection. Actually, I want to say perfection. There. Uh, never mind. That's gonna get into spoiler territories. But if you've seen the trailer, you you've seen that Batman at one point is holding a flare through mm-hmm. water. Um, I'm just gonna use that as one of the examples. But there's a lot of red in the shot, and every time red is on the screen, you know what it's a you know it has a specific feel and it adds to whatever scene it's in. They just use colors really well. Um, again, it, I think this is just a beautiful movie in every single scene. But this is what I want to ask you though. What, I think this is a stupid question because I think we both know the answer. But how does visually this compare to, let's say, a MCU type film? Uh, well, I mean, if you look at the behind the scenes of MCU films, it's just like two dudes probably standing in front of a a giant wall of green or blue. Yeah. Um, now, definitely, there are some good visual effects in a lot of MCU movies, like uh, Eternals um, had some pretty good visual effects for what I saw of it. Um, but like. You know, most of most MCU movies are just you know the good guys fighting the bad guys in a giant CGI battle, where mm-hmm. everything just gets blown up and all you know blown to hell throughout you know half the movie. Yeah, and you know you can tell it's fake. I mean, obviously they're not shooting actual fire out of their hands or anything like that, and the CG is just so over the top in those movies. I mean, it has to be for what they are. Mm-hmm. The pure action, you know, kind of campy dialogue. Um, I, it kind of requires it to have all that CGI, um, but this movie, it just, it's the visually, it's so much more stunning. Mm-hmm. It, it's more, it's not even the visually. It doesn't even feel like a superhero movie. It feels more like a like a Blade Runner twenty forty nine or the visual effects in um in Rogue One, even oh, the yeah. Star Wars story. It feels more along those lines rather than you know your typical you know good guy versus bad guy superhero movie. Yeah, I I think in. I feel like I've beat the MCU up a few times on this <laughs> podcast, but um, the Batman visually in when it comes to cinematography and even just visual effects, it's so unique. If you were to take, um, let's say five clips from different MCU movies and show them to a casual, they probably assume it's from the same movie. Like <laughs> the MCU has a very specific flair when it comes to the visuals and the way that they're shot that made this feel so original and unique. They have a, they have a script and they stick to it when it goes to the movies. Oh yeah. Yeah. Um, you know, you know, let's not get too much into that. That's another conversation for another time. But um, lastly, before we get into the characters, I, I want to mention for some of the MCU fans, there are like no jokes in this movie. And I really appreciated that because 
you can maybe recall a couple, but there are a few jokes in this. If you've seen, again, if you've seen the trailer, there's one, and it's really not that funny, but where Batman and Selena are in her apartment, and he looks down, there's a few cats, and he says, you got a lot of cats, I see, or something like that. And, you know, it's supposed to be a funny moment, but, you know, every joke in here works because they're, they're few and far between, and they either, they always add to the situation where, you know, if this was an MCU movie, you know, someone would, I'm not, well, this isn't a spoiler because I'm not going to say anybody in particular, um, you know, let's say a civilian or something died or one of the characters died. Uh, there'd definitely be a joke to, like, break yeah. the tension. Yeah, and You definitely. feel the tension of every scene. And even if there is a joke, it doesn't take away. Um, I think we've talked before, but there's no Scooby-Doo jokes or, you know, <laughs> let's Scooby-Doo this in, crap or whatever. Like, Any oh of the gosh. humor in it is just dry. Mm-hmm. It's very dry humor. I mean, and there's really just not much humor. But if there is a particularly funny moment, it's dry and it just kind of just goes on like they say it. Yeah. Nobody dwells on it and it just moves on. Yeah. Like, like, uh, and, uh, No Way Home where they made the Scooby Doo joke. They just went on with that for like a minute and a half oh, straight. Yes. It was just so, I don't know. It was just, it was just dumb. Uh, there was no need for it. But, mm-hmm. you know, they say something that it is possibly, you know, a joke in this movie and it's just like, they keep going. Nobody, yeah. you know. And I think it does a really good job too of, letting you know what environment they're living in. Like nothing about the situation in any of these movies are, you know, the jokes aren't, they're not, they're not trying too hard to the joke. They're saying something that, yeah, it's a little stupid, but your main thought isn't to think about the jokes where, you know, I love infinity war, but I, the joke when Tony Stark says, get lost Squidward, like in what situation yeah. are you going to be cracking a joke like that? No. And that's a, you know, that's a problem with, I don't want to say Marvel movies in general, but MCU movies in particular, but you know, I think some people will be let down that there aren't jokes, but I think that it adds to what we got in this three-hour presentation. But let's let's move on to some of the characters. So obviously, we got to talk about Robert Pattinson himself as Batman and Bruce Wayne. So what were your thoughts on his portrayal? And I guess where would you rank it when it comes to at least the Batman that you've seen in other movies? Um, he's definitely better than you know Ben Affleck's. You know, no shade to him or anything. Yeah, but I'd say it's his. Portrayals Batman is just better, and I'd say it's on tier easily with Christian Bale. Maybe better. Um, we've only had one movie, so yeah, you know, we'll definitely see more in the future. But if he continues this sort of performance through all the movies that he's in, he might be better than Christian Bale's Batman. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, as Batman, like I said previously, or we've said previously, he's different. He's a different kind of animal when it comes to that. He's dark. He's almost gothic. He's foreboding. I mean, he's just like a terror throughout the city. Um, and all the villains, all the criminals, they all know it, and they really don't want a piece of him. Um, he sticks with the same theme of, you know, not killing anybody. You know, he doesn't use guns. Um, he uses, you know, brute force and just intimidation yeah. to get through to people. Um, you know, he'll break somebody's nose or anything like that. But he's definitely staying true to the, the theme of Batman, not, you know, being a murderer or a killer or anything like that. Um, as Bruce Wayne, he was definitely a little lackluster. Yeah, I agree. Um, Compared to like a Ben Affleck's Bruce Wayne, I think Ben Affleck's Bruce Wayne and Christian Bale's Bruce Wayne was just really good. Mm-hmm. Um, the way they portrayed him as a like a businessman and a philanthropist and whatever. This Bruce Wayne really didn't, you know, he didn't do much other than when he went to, I guess I want to spoil it, but um, funeral. When he went, yeah, we went to it's the in funeral. The trailer, so yeah, um, you know, you didn't really see much of him. I mean, he was there. He definitely seemed out of place. Oh yeah, uh, like he really wasn't supposed to be there. Um, and then when he was in. Uh, Wayne Tower or whatever with Alfred. I'm um, just seemed a little awkward. Yeah. Um, so the Bruce Wayne as a whole, like as a separate character almost to Batman, definitely ha- wasn't as good. But I think it fits 
um, the style of the movie, like just the city that they're in. And he just, it wasn't the place to be a businessman. It was a place that needed a Batman and needed the Batman to, you know, mm-hmm. to deal with the problems going on. It didn't need a businessman or a philanthropist or, a, you know, anything like that. So not having a set, you know, like a, a super, I don't know the word, but like having a super, um, you know, accurate Bruce Wayne, uh, it fit the style of the movie. Yeah. Um, and the way that it went on for throughout the three hours, um, it may not have been the best Bruce Wayne. And a lot of people might have criticisms with that, but I think it works in the end. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> I think my biggest takeaway, and I'm actually going to say off the bat already, I I want to say this is my favorite version of Batman. Um, he's the smartest we've ever seen. Um, he he assesses the situations before he jumps to a conclusion, mm-hmm. and a lot of t- and I, yeah, actually I don't want to put him under, but you know some of the Batman that we've seen in the past aren't like that. One of the things again when it comes to you know he sticks to the rule of no killing but this guy does not pull his punches. Oh no. If you've you know the train sequence in general, you know, beats I mean the dude is almost dead I want to say before he says the word I'm I'm vengeance or whatever. Like this dude is he's a um he's just feared as the person he is. So as as Batman he's incredible. He does things that we've never seen him do before in any other movie and it blows my mind it took till 2022 to see some of the tactics and you know, skills that he's used. But yeah, as Bruce Wayne, he's he's pretty lackluster. Um, I think that Christian Bale is the best version of Bruce Wayne that we've ever seen. Um, Probably. But in my opinion, I think that Robert Pattinson as Bruce Wayne is just Batman. He doesn't have an alter ego. He, mm-hmm. I mean, he is at this point, he is the Batman and his alter ego is Bruce right. Wayne. He's rarely out in public. Um, you know, the funeral scene that he was talking about a few seconds ago, he felt out of place. I mean, the guy didn't say anything really. Mm-hmm. And he's not, he's not trying to be two separate people, you know, like he's yeah. an alter ego. He's not, he's not two different characters leaving two different lives. His life is dedicated to being oh, the yeah. Batman. He is the Batman before he is Bruce Wayne. And there, there's a few scenes in there where Alfred tells him like, Hey, you, you need to be Bruce Wayne. And he's like, you know, I, I, I'm being who I'm meant to be. Um, and we'll get to that in a second, but um, I think the second main character, I, I guess she's a support character, but is Catwoman. Um, I don't know how to pronounce her last name. Kravitz? Uh, Something like that. But uh, Zoe, oh, Zoe Kravitz, that's what it is. But um, yeah, uh, I'll start <laughs> first with this one, but I think that this is probably my favorite version of Catwoman. Um, she's not really this she isn't at the stage yet where we, where we typically see Catwoman, you know, she's still more on the good side. And I know Catwoman is more like a vigilante. She's never good, but she's never bad type of person. But um, the relationship that she had with um, Robert Pattinson was phenomenal. Their, I thought their chemistry was incredible. Yeah. Some of yeah, the best was, I've, was really I've seen. Yeah. But um, I don't, I don't really want to spend too much time on Catwoman because there's a lot of things we could say that are, are full of spoilers. My one criticism though, um, she felt sidelined a lot. It, it felt like she'd be thrown to the side for 30 seconds or th- sorry, not 30 seconds, 30 minutes, but then she'd come back there. I don't know. What would you say? Maybe five plot points in the entire movie. Yeah. Maybe less, but yeah. Yeah. But it she, wasn't a whole lot, but she's really, but in most of them, she plays an integral role, mm-hmm. but because there's other ones that they show in between, sometimes we kind of get away from her, but I think, you know, she may be the best character every time she's on screen and, you know, no disrespect to any of the other actors or actresses in this movie, but um, 
I thought that she did an incredible job. So, oh, definitely. Uh, just uh, the way she portrayed it. Um, obviously, she looks great in the suit and everything like that. Yeah. And you know, she f- she does the role really well. Um, she's not like any other Catwoman we've ever seen. You know, like Anne Hathaway or whatever. Yeah. Um, she's definitely different than that. Um, but it fits. Like I said, it just fits the whole style of the movie. Mm-hmm. Um, she's like a lot of what she's doing is she's doing out of necessity for her situation. Yeah. Um, and for her and well, I don't know, you can say Annika, but um, you know, another, you know, her partner in the uh in the movie, um, you know, they're doing this out of necessity and yeah. just trying to just survive. She's not doing this to just, you know, she doesn't want to steal something just to do and to sell it, you know, mm-hmm. and make money. They're doing this because they have no other way to survive and you know, the way she's when she's at the club and doing that as like a side uh, side gig, or yeah. um, maybe that's her main gig and the Catwoman is her side thing. But either way, um, she's doing it because they, they kind of have to. Um, but she she does the role extremely well. Mm-hmm. Um, there's really, I really don't have any complaints with her. I think oh, yeah. just every when she looks, the way she acts, um, you know, when she was fighting people too, she was definitely really great at that. Um, really no complaints about her at all. Yeah, no, I agree. Um, I forgot to mention this with the Batman, but we can briefly discuss it. One one of the biggest praise I give this movie is all the costumes feel like they were made by someone. Mm-hmm. Um, a lot of superhero movies, I feel like they're a little bit too glossy or they're too clean or a little bit too slick. Um, yeah, they, you know, her, like they were manufactured in a giant, you know, oh uh, yeah, warehouse or whatever. You know, it's not like these were very human. Mm-hmm. Um, I've seen criticism about her mask online about you know, it's, I mean, it's legitimately just a beanie that she. Yeah cut out but it really works for the character the situation um last thing i'll say about that before we move on to the next one but the way that her character ends i'm very excited to see what's next um i believe she's supposed to be getting her own tv show and i think that'll be great um but yeah so that's catwoman um let's talk about the one that i think i have a mixed bag about and you can elaborate on this more if you have opinions but let's talk about alfred really briefly because unfortunately I guess a bit of a spoiler alert. Alfred is really not in this movie much. Mm-mm. He's maybe in about two, three scenes. But um, I said going into this, I was a little concerned for Andy Serkis. And I think that he did a good job with what he was given. But he was my I wanted more type character. He felt a little wasted. But um, what did you think about uh, the performance and just everything that they did with him? Uh, I think when he was on screen, he was good. Like, I think Andy Serkis did do a a good job I yeah think the previous alfred um uh, i forget from the, ben affleck one yeah oh uh jeremy irons yeah i think he did an, a phenomenal job of being alfred just the mannerisms the look yep best um, voice in my opinion oh yeah the voice everything just fit extremely well andy circus i mean i don't know if you've seen him in the black panther movies uh he was obviously Gollum and uh lord of the rings it just doesn't seem like the kind of sophisticated person that alfred is mm-hmm. um he seems like more of a rough and tumble yep. kind of guy and uh, I think the voice, I think the voice fits. I think he did the best job that he possibly could have in this role. Um, and I, I don't think he's the main problem. I think the main problem is he just wasn't there enough. Oh yeah. I mean, how much? Twenty minutes? I'd say less than that. Maybe total yeah. that he was on the screen. Um, and uh, yeah, we just didn't get a whole lot of him. I guess it kind of fit because they were just always out. They weren't really in the Batcave yeah. too much. They were always out about you know doing what they needed to do, um, hunting down you know, people. Yeah. But, uh, he just, he wasn't in there enough. Um, but other than that, you know, he's, he's probably the most disappointing character mm-hmm. and not just because he was bad. It's just, you know, we didn't get enough of him. Yeah. And, uh, the, the actor choice might be a little bit. So-so. Yeah. 
Yeah, no, no, nothing about him is bad. That that's what I'm gonna say though. I, I don't. Um, he also plays Caesar. See, well, Gollum is obviously what kicked him off and made him uh, as big a deal as he was. But I think Caesar was the role that really pushed him into obviously the Marvel light, and mm-hmm. he uh, was the director of Venom, Let There Be Carnage, and we don't need to talk he about was, it. Uh, Snoke and Last Jedi yeah. too. So he's done some big things, but I. And this is no disrespect to him or um, Matt Reeves, but I feel like the reason he is um, Alfred is because, again, he worked as Caesar in the Planet of the Eight movies with Matt Reeves. So Matt Reeves obviously had several years to work with him. So they have, and they've mentioned numerous times they have a great friendship. Mm-hmm. So I, I don't know if he was just hired just because of that. Um, but again, as Michael just said, he did a great job. He just wasn't given enough stuff to do like everybody else. Yeah. Um, and I guess I didn't even think about him being, you know, in the Planet of the Apes, obviously because they're apes and we don't see their faces. But uh, yeah, I didn't even think about him being there. But I think if there was one actor that they could have kept from the previous Batman is the Alfred, um, and it might have fit a little better. Mm-hmm. But, uh, you know, if we see him, um, you know, further, you know, in, in more movies or, you know, spinoff series or whatever, and we get more insight into him, maybe it'll make us look back on his character in this movie and think, oh, that actually was pretty good. It actually yeah. set up for what he's going to be in the future. But uh, as of now, you know, he's a little bit yeah. disappointing. Um, he does have a really good scene. I, I'll end with this with Bruce. It's a, it's a very good scene, actually, where they kind of just talk over family history. And again, I'm not going to say what, but there's a big spoiler about something that um, Batman and mm. Bruce finds oh, yeah. out. And, and it's a really, really touching scene. And I think that's my biggest takeaway with Alfred. That's the best part um, that he was in. But um, next character that we'll talk about. Um, we'll talk. Oh, I'm gonna have to cut that because I was paused for too long. So, sorry. <laughs> the next character that we'll talk about is Commissioner Gordon. Um, it's played by Jeffrey Wright. It's too early to say if this is the best version. Um, do you want to just mention briefly? I I heard that people had some issue or whatever. So, what was the issue that people had? Uh, I know the biggest issue I think they're bringing was race to it. Um, yeah. You know, they got the, a black actor to play him, and I really think that means literally nothing in this oh, situation. Yeah. I think he was a phenomenal character. Um, he was in the James Bond movies, uh, No Time to Die. Um, I believe he was Inspector as well. Yep. Um, and he was great in those roles. I mean, and he just carried it over so well. He he felt like someone at such desperation for the situation they were in that he was willing to do almost anything to get it. And bringing Batman, you know, in to help him, um, he was really putting it all on the line for Batman as well. Like, I mean, he, you know, he took a punch at one point just to save Batman from a situation that would have gotten really complicated. Uh, he was just, he was really good at the role. Um, I don't think there's really anything that you can say negative about him. Mm-hmm. Uh, he, he fit the role perfectly. I mean, he feels like Commissioner Gordon, like, oh yeah, like somebody handpicked specifically for this role that you couldn't have done any better at mm-hmm. um, and like i said the desperation they felt you know trying to catch the riddler and whatnot um I don't, it, just, it just worked so well uh, i really don't think you could have gotten a better one a better actor for this movie to be in that role yeah um i'm not going to really say much other than what he said i thought everything he said was right um i think my favorite part we don't really know the time of how long this movie is i I'm, i just want to say maybe what like maybe four or five days it's not much time it's no more than a week yeah yeah but one of the biggest takeaways is at the beginning of the movie he's very um he's a little hesitant on batman but he trusts batman way more than anybody else in Mm -hmm. the police department you know 
not really a spoiler because I feel like it's this way with every role or everybody who plays him, but, you know, he always gets slack for trusting or he always gets backlash for trusting Batman the way that he does. Mm-hmm. But by the end of the movie, it gets to the point where Batman's the only one he trusts. And I thought they had phenomenal chemistry. Obviously, again, I mentioned at the beginning, this is the best version of Batman when it comes to his detective skills. Obviously, Commissioner Gordon was there for a majority of it. And just the back and forth that they had, I thought was phenomenal. Mm-hmm. So. Yeah, the detective work between both of them, you know, solving the riddles. Um, I like that, you know, Batman would solve them almost instantaneously or whatever. But the way they they investigated all the murders yeah. and everything like that, it just worked so well as like a detective story alone. Mm-hmm. Like if you made this movie, you know, a serial killer movie, with, it wasn't even a Batman movie. It would have still been really good. Like it's like if you take out all the Batman references and, you know, you just made this Robert Pattinson and Jeff, Jeffrey Wright investigating a serial killer throughout mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. New York City. It, it still would have worked oh, yeah. really well. Um, and that's one of the best parts about this movie is it was so different from everything else we've seen. Yeah. And him being like a true detective, you know, trying to solve something that's been troubling the city. It's just it's it's really uh it's really interesting. Oh yeah. And I think that's the best part of both of their performances. And what he just said a second ago about Batman being able to solve it um, almost immediately. That's another thing I loved is they didn't make him feel useless because Batman could solve it. He would either say something or figure something out that then Batman would click mm-hmm. it all and figure it out immediately. Yeah. It wasn't just Batman's doing all the work. Gordon would either find something or whatnot. And that, I think, I don't know. I don't really know what else we can say. I'm very, he he's, I don't know if he'll be the star, but there, there is a show coming out about the Gotham PD and obviously he's going to be a main part of it. So I'm really excited to see more of him um last two that we'll talk about those obviously the villains um first we'll talk about penguin penguins i don't know maybe 10 or so minutes in this movie not much uh, 10 or 15 at yeah. max i mean he's not the biggest character he's definitely yeah. a good side character mm-hmm. like he's he didn't steal the show or anything but uh, for what he was given he did a great job oh yeah um you know the actor that plays him i can't remember his name but colin Tri- oh no that's in colin Keep talking. I'll, I'll yeah. Look it up. So yeah, he uh, he did a great job. Colin um, Farrell. That's who. Okay. Is. He was in a lot of makeup and everything for this because he played a very larger individual than what he is in real life. Yeah. But uh, like you know, as the mob crime boss of Gotham, he did a really good job of that. Um, I don't think he was a, like he wasn't really a scary individual. Like you wouldn't really think of him as being like somebody that would fill you with fear. You know, if you got you know you crossed him or did something wrong or whatever. Uh, and maybe we'll see more of that. But like as a side character and what he was, you know. And what he was given as kind of like a sleaze bag of the city that was just mm-hmm. kind of, you know, part one piece of the puzzle. It, he did a he did a really good job of that. Yeah. Um, again, not in it for long, obviously. You know, he's going to have a spinoff. And he obviously wasn't the main focus. But I think this was a really great performance. You know, obviously the Penguins in the past, the most well-known being uh, Danny DeVito. I mean, they're Penguins. I mean, you know, they – they have little penguin mobiles or whatever, and it's a little absurd. But this guy comes off very much like, um, like an Italian mob boss, and you know, like The Godfather or anything that yeah. Martin Scorsese directs or writes that has mob. Like he's just a nothing about him comes off. I mean, you know, he's a bad guy. You know, there's things he's done that bad, but he doesn't do anything in this movie um, to make him out to seem like he's going to be this big bad guy. So I'm excited to mm-hmm. see what he does. He'll be a side character, I think, in the yeah. rest of these movies. Yeah, there's nothing like goofy about him. I mean, mm-hmm. like he's not like a like a joke or a comic relief character or anything. Like, yeah, you know, in some of the other Batman shows or movies, he'd be riding giant duck, you know, mobiles or boats through the water, which yeah. is just 
ridiculous. This, he didn't even really have any reference to being a penguin. I mean, he was a little larger, but other than yeah. that, he really wasn't. He didn't wear a stupid, you know, top hat or uh, drive anything that looked like a penguin. Like it just the way he was portrayed was so accurate to the dark and gritty feel of the movie. Yeah. Um, I mean, if you would have made him a more comedic character, it just it wouldn't have worked at all. Yeah. If anything, the penguin was just used as his mafia name. So mm-hmm. yeah. All right, so now we're going to end with our final character, um, the Riddler. Before we say anything, I, I just want to put this out here. I've seen, I don't know if you've seen, but I've seen on TikTok, a lot of people are trying to compare him to Heath Ledger. I think that's, <laughs> first off, mad disrespectful. It's but insulting almost. Yeah. Yeah. Paul Dano did an incredible job. This, this is, I, I will say, this is one of the most terrifying villains in any superhero movie that I think we've ever seen. But Heath Ledger is on another level. I just want to, Get that out of the way. Heath Ledger is leaps and bounds better. And obviously we know, you know, the role killed him in a sense because, yeah. you know, he was on a lot of things that he obviously shouldn't have been on. And it's a horrible story, hor- horrible tragedy. It's, I mean, let's be real. He's the he's the main reason the uh, Dark Knight is considered one of the greatest movies of all time. Mm-hmm. No disrespect to anybody else, but I, I just want to preface that first. But what were your thoughts on the Riddler, I guess, his costume tactics and just him uh, as a character? I mean – his costume, for one, I think it was terrifying. I mean, oh, they, yeah. drawed a lot, they drew a lot of inspiration from, I think, the Zodiac Killer mm-hmm. from the late 1900s. Um, and they made it just seem – it was homemade. Um, it was a lot of duct tape. You know, there was uh, Sharpie question marks all over it. It was a very homemade DIY. Um, and he, he made it to best fit his situation. Um, and one thing that I think is most relatable with this Riddler to, say, other DC, you know, characters or the universe – um, they took someone who was kind of like Willy Wonka. I mean, he was not intimidating. He carried a giant question mark staff. He was just kind of a, a, a dumb, yeah, campy side villain. And it's kind of like what James Gunn did with the Suicide Squad. They took characters like Peacemaker. They took people like Bloodsport or uh, Polka Dot Man. Polka Dot Man, yeah, good especially. Yeah. And they took these ridiculous characters that nobody knew about or nobody cared about, and they made him. They made them living, breathing roles that were almost i mean phenomenal i mean yeah. polka dot man was great peacemaker was obviously fantastic because of even his show i mean everything was just fantastic about him and nobody knew who he was before that movie mm-hmm. um and that they did they did similar things with the riddler here i mean the riddler used to wear a dumb top hat he had like a bright green suit this one was was terrifying i mean he was a serial killer i mean he he was obviously insane i mean he had his motives were similar he tried to compare his motives to how the batman was doing it he was trying to be, you know, his own vigilante, but he did it in a completely opposite way. Um, and then, obviously, when he was demasked and put in prison, you can just see how insane he was. From the trailers, by the way. Okay, yeah. Yeah, from the trailers, when he was put in prison, um, he is just insane. Like, mm-hmm. he's clearly lost his mind. Um, and that fits so well with his character, just like the motives um, for taking down the people, you know, the people that he did yeah. take down um, and that he would kill. His motives and his mannerisms and his characteristics fit so well with his costume and the city that they're in everything just works so well and like i said what they took from a a campy you know kind of ridiculous villain they turned into like a terrifying murderer that just really uh drew you into the entire plot as a whole oh yeah he i everything about him was phenomenal um we we talked about the opening at the beginning but i think we specifically talked about after you see 
the title the batman opening when it comes to mm-hmm. batman but the opening scene has to do with the riddler and it is a brutal scene again the movie's pg-13 but this is i mean this easily could have been rated r oh, yeah it pushes the limits oh yeah um another thing about him too is you know obviously with jim carrey as the riddler and in the shows and even in the lego stuff or the <laughs> cartoons or whatnot you know he he's always just silly but this guy is i mean he is terrifying um from the trailers you don't see what he looks like without his mask but if you look up paul dano he nothing about him is very scary there's nothing intimidating about yeah him. but when you saw him like insane at the end of the movie yeah it's just it's like, creepy. It's, it's it's disturbing in yeah. a sense. I mean, it's just like I. It's almost like you know you see a Ted Bundy or whatever. You yeah, know, and you see them. They don't look like very, you know, con- um, concerning individuals. Mm-hmm. And then obviously you know their story. It's kind of yeah. the same with this. Obviously, you don't want to compare a fictional character to somebody like that. But it's along the same lines that it's just uh, he did such a great job at it. Yeah. Um, another thing too, and this is spoiler, so we're not going to talk about it, but when you find out his motives and kind of the history he has with Bruce Wayne, it's really, it's, I mean, it's genuinely kind of stupid, Mm -hmm. but I think it, it works with the character of just how petty and how crazy this guy is. Um, again, I'm, I'm going to talk about this because it's in the trailers, but one of the things I love so much is, um, you know, you see him on billboards in, or on, well, it's not Times Square, Gotham Square is what we'll call it or whatever. But you know he's obviously broadcasting. He's making videos, and it's 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 quite funny. There's uh, I'll call this a light spoiler warning, but there's a certain one where he's on video and he's like, "Hey, thanks for 500 followers or whatever." <laughs> yeah. I mean, genuinely in this day and age, that's how it would be. Mm-hmm. You know, the Joker in the movie, um, the Joker with Walking Phoenix, did such a good job with that too. Where like a, a crazy person would have followers because people. You know, politically, I guess they don't want to follow the leaders in charge, and we'll get into that in just a second. But yeah, the Riddler was such a good character. Um, you know, we'll see, or sorry, we already saw. You guys will see what happens in the movie when it comes to his character. I, I just loved the villain. You know, nothing about you know he's not this guy that can really fend for himself when it comes to Batman, but he just. He makes him go all over the place and by the end when you know his his motives i mean it's it's pretty brilliant so um with that let's see i'm gonna i'm gonna tell you exactly skip to eight minutes and 20 seconds if you do not want to be spoiled we're gonna talk about one character so we have two minutes to talk about him so i'm gonna give you five seconds all right five four all right i think hopefully you've skipped to eight twenty but there's a mystery character in here that has been kind of rumored. Um, Barry Kiego, if you, or, well, I messed that up. I'm not even going to pronounce the name. Let's say I got it correct the first time. But in Eternals, um, he had been heavily rumored to be in this movie. And I think we kind of all kind of, well, I don't know if you looked much into it, but I did not. It, I kind of knew where they were going to go with it. But obviously, now that we know, um, this version of Batman has the Joker. So what were your thoughts on that inclusion? We got. Um... A minute and 30 seconds. I think it's probably the worst character. I mean, he wasn't in there for very long, but he's yeah. definitely the worst character in the movie. Um, and if you see his pictures, like, I don't want to judge somebody on how they look. He just doesn't seem like the Joker to me. I mean, yeah. he, he was in the cell next to the Riddler, and it's like, you know, they were kind of talking to each other, and they started laughing, you know, maniacally, mm-hmm. as crazy people do. But, uh, I don't know, he doesn't really feel like a Riddler. You can't really tell from a five-minute clip or two minutes, however long they were together. Only a couple seconds, yeah. Yeah. Um, but, uh, 
I guess we'll see in future projects if he is the Riddler. I would have liked to have seen. I think a lot of us would have liked to have seen Joaquin Phoenix yeah. taken in from the, his uh, solo movie into this universe. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think that would have fit really well. A lot of people wanted Willem Dafoe. That would have been great, but yeah, too old, I think. Yeah, definitely. Um, so, I, I mean, I guess we can't judge it too much. I think from that one clip alone, it was kind of lame. Yeah. Uh, but we will definitely see in the future you know, how he pans out as a Joker. Yeah. I mean, he obviously – I there's no way I can say it right now. He'll no way – Shape or form, be as good as you know, Heath Ledger. He probably won't be as good as Joaquin Phoenix, um, but uh, we'll see. Yeah, we got 15 seconds, so I'll just add real quick. I, I agree. Obviously, we'll see what happens with him. Um, I think we're we can't have as many Jokers as we have. I mean, we got you know, it feels like we're always getting new ones, but we'll see what happens. Um, it was a nice inclusion. It's a little we're a little skeptical, but yeah, we'll see what happens with that. Um, but yeah, that's pretty much it for that but before we get into like our closing thoughts i so i've had i think three or four conversations now separately with different people um who haven't seen the movie and i i I wrote this as a note yesterday because i had a conversation with a a friend of mine and she brought this up about um somebody that she knew didn't want to see the movie because it is political um anything about this movie to you scream political no (laughs) i mean I guess if you look really deep into it, you probably could find something. And I know there was like one scene or one um, it's conversation. Well, one conversation between Catwoman and Batman where they have a line that's referred that some people could definitely, you know, swing as political. Yeah. But other than that, there really is nothing political about this movie. It's definitely not like a uh, what's a political sort of movie that you can think of that isn't supposed to be. Let's say X Men, the original. Okay. Yeah. Definitely. I like that. Like it's it's nothing nothing like that. Yeah. Um, it's, I mean, I guess if you really want to look into it and you're like digging for something, you could probably find it, but to, you know, an average watcher, yeah, no one's going to notice anything political. Um, you know, this isn't really a spoiler cause it's in every movie. Obviously there's references to Thomas Wayne and you know, there's a campaign going on. So this movie has a lot of politics in it, but, um, it's nothing too political. I mean, legitimately, it'd be like a real life type of thing. It's nothing relevant to our time. I guess yeah. that's what you can say. It's not like, yeah. you know, a Republican or a liberal kind of thing yeah. as in our world. And there's politics in their world, as in, you know, mm-hmm. mayoral, mayoral candidates and campaigns like that. But none of it's going to translate to the world we live in and, you know, offend somebody in that way. Yeah. And um, again, the story is just so big that. I, I think that we'll probably notice a lot more politics the second rewatch because it wasn't really something I was thinking about. But you're so focused on the story that, you know, the few things that I think we, we or as everyone could consider political are supposed – they're supposed to be that way. It's intentional. It's supposed to add to the story. Whereas in Peacemaker, <laughs> um, the last episode well, – we already talked in full spoilers a few episodes ago. But, you know, there's the whole scene at the end with the cow and it about climate change and it is very political and it's very targeted towards a specific group. Mm -hmm. And I think that a lot of people have a problem with that. And, you know, personally, I think it, it is a little disrespectful. I think when directors kind of, you know, poke, poke at people that they don't necessarily see eye to eye with. And in some cases that's fine, but the Batman doesn't do that where they try to pit different, um, you know, political views or religious beliefs or whatever it is against each other. it, It works in the movie. And again, I, if you as a listener are very skeptical about this movie because of politics, just go into it, have an open mind. Again, there are a few maybe hints here and there of political stuff, but it's nothing that ruins an experience for anyone unless, you know, you're just 
I, you know, I don't want to use the word, but unless you're just stupid, but, um, <laughs> yeah. you know, I, I, I just, I don't know what I guess. At, oh, sorry. We completely bypassed this before we get to our final thoughts. What were your thoughts on the Batmobile? Cause I think we were both a little like, eh, I don't know going uh, in. I, when I first saw leaks or images of it before I saw the movie, I thought it was like, dude, this is lame compared to, you know, the old Tumblr and the Batmobile yeah. and everything like that. But going into it, it fits mm-hmm. his character. It feels homemade. Oh, yeah. It looks like a 1969 Ford Mustang Mach 1. Um, very similar to the like car that John Wick drove. Yeah. Um, it looks like that a lot. I think that's what makes it really cool to me. But uh, Or maybe an old Challenger. Um, but it seems very homemade. Like, they put the parts together. This is not something that was just, like, engineered in a giant factory. Yeah. Like, Iron Man stuff. Or even the previous Batmobiles. Like, it's like, this is something that they made out of necessity for mm-hmm. the time that they were in. Uh, they needed like a fast car or something that they could use for all their missions, and they just put this together. Yeah, it's not perfect. It's got some, you know, it's got some problems to it, but I think it looks cool. It sounds cool, and I think it really worked well for the situation that everybody was yeah. in. Yeah, no, I, I, I think the sound in particular was amazing. Every time it would rev up yeah. with the blue fire, I mean, yeah, definitely, it was just amazing. But um, yeah, I guess again, we've only seen this once. I so I'll just mention this. I think I said this. I don't, I don't think I said this to you earlier, but um, I, I have a few people that I know that have seen it twice, and they say that every time it gets better because, there, you know, again, there's probably a lot of things that we missed or hidden details that mm-hmm. upon rewatch, I guess the movie gets better and better. And a lot of movies the other way, but, you know, some movies, they get worse as time goes on. So I expect <laughs> this to get better on a second rewatch. But oh, yeah. as of right now, um, I rated this, and I put it on our Instagram, so if you saw it, you saw it. I said that this was a 10 out of 10. I, tr- I truly believe that this is a masterpiece of a film. Um, everything that Matt Reeves directs that I've seen is unbelievable. So um, for me, I consider this one of the best superhero movies. I don't know if I'd put it above The Dark Knight as of yet. I, w- I want to see it again before I get a clear thought with that. But this is easily the best Batman interpretation we've ever seen in live action but what would you rate this on a scale of one to ten i don't want to be you know lame and put it like a 9.5 or 9.8 i'd probably go along with the 10 out of 10 yeah I mean, there's really no major plot holes with it like mm-hmm. even something like infinity war that everybody liked there's a lot of That's, plot holes <laughs> there's not it's not a 10 out of 10 movie it's yeah. not even a 9 out of 10 movie like, like an 8 yeah Maybe it's good but it's it's definitely got those problems this really it just doesn't yeah um, I don't know how many times you've seen The Dark Knight, but for me, The Dark Knight is every time I watch it, I love it more and more. I see this being this case. I've only seen it three times, but yeah, it's oh man, it's just so good every single time. And you know, again, if you've seen The Dark Knight, you know the opening scene hooks you, and you're just mm-hmm. all on board for the rest of it. And I think that this will be this way yeah. in a lot of cases too. But um, yeah, I um, you know, we had a few nitpicks when it came to Alfred and stuff like that, but but it's nothing that makes the movie experience bad. It's just Hey, we would have liked to see a little bit more, but obviously, you know, they, they know what they're doing. I think when yeah. the next one comes out, we'll, we will have eaten our words and got what we wanted or whatever. <laughs> but yeah, I don't really know what else we have to say about this movie. It's phenomenal. Yeah. Yeah. Check it out. Um, yeah. So by the time that you were hearing this, I believe that Ike and I will both be in the theater. So We'll see what he thinks. Everybody, I don't know if you know it, many people who've seen it yet, but everybody that I talked to Only two. loved it. So. it was, you know, definitely. They agreed with me in better than any MCU movie. Oh, yeah. But, uh, uh, everybody I've heard of liked it. Yeah. I mean, except for like Rotten Tomatoes, but other than that. Well, they still ranked it high, but, you know, yeah. we. I think you sent me the meme about the girl. Yeah. 
Yeah, some of the people who gave it runs are it's a little biased. But again, I, I just want to end by saying this. Go into this with an open mind. Don't don't go in comparing each Batman to another one or comparing each character. Just go into this movie, experience it for this movie, and just have fun with it. Yeah, I think that's really all we need to say. Yeah, that's, uh, that's all there is to it. All right, so with that being said, I'm Jaden. I'm Michael. Uh, yeah, if you want to follow us again on social media, you can find us at Geek Gotham's on Twitter, Instagram, TikTok now. You know where to find us on Spotify and YouTube. But yeah, these are our thoughts on the Batman. Obviously, we both liked it. We'll see what Ike thinks when we film our next or record our next episode. So yeah, with that being said, everyone have a good day and we'll see you. Peace. All right.